Matthew chapter 24 this morning. Book of Matthew in chapter 24. Thought the Lord's placed on my heart is very simple and yet very serious, which most thoughts in the Bible are. This one's been a little more prevalent. Seems until Jesus comes back, it, it, it'll continue to be more and more serious each and every day. And that is the fact that, that He is in fact coming back. And if, if Jesus tarries His coming, that, that if we don't see Him come back with our physical eyes, that death is going to catch us. It's, it's coming. That's something we can't avoid. They say there's two things that you can't avoid, and that's death and taxes. And we've all been hit pretty hard by one of them. One day the other one's going to get us. If that don't, then whenever Jesus comes back, we'll physically see that and we'll be here for that. I'm not going to get into, into the, the, the biblical prophecies of what has to happen before Jesus comes back this morning. I want to impress on your heart that, that He is in fact coming back. That we don't know when it could be. We don't know what time it could be. We don't know when death could catch us. We don't know when it could show up either. We, we have no idea. The song goes, and, and my dad used to wake up singing. He'd sing it all the time. I think the only words that he knew to the song, and, or at least the only words he ever sang, was the chorus. Uh, it goes, what a beautiful day for the Lord to come again. And, and that's it. What a beautiful day for, for God to, to take His children home, bring His children home, something like that. And it is, but how many times do we get up expecting to meet Jesus today? The Bible says that He'll come when we least expect it. Do we expect it this morning? Do we expect to meet God today? There was a lot of people that's called into eternity this past week that did not expect to meet God, and yet here they were. Here they are. Whenever you get to a a board game or a game of cards or Uno or whatever it may be, there's a point in that game that the game is over. During Uno, it's whoever throws down that last card. Once he throws down that last card, the game is over. It don't matter what you have left in your hand. The game is over. When you're playing dominoes, once somebody dominoes out, you could have the next domino to go out, but it don't matter. The game is over. You can't put it down. It's, it's done. It's, it's finished. In a game of life, there comes a point in time when it's over. When the choices and decisions and, and the moves and the cards that you have played down, it's, it's done. There's no going back. There's no trying again. And especially when it comes to strategic games. Toward the end of it, you can see, well, I should have did this here. I should have done that there. And Monopoly, I should have bought this property. Well, I shouldn't have done this. I should have put a hotel on this one. It's, in games, we can always see where we could have, should have, would have, but we didn't. And in life, we can see the same thing, but it, it, it don't matter. I saw a church sign here a while back. It said, bringing up my past to try to get me thrown off track is like robbing the house I used to live in. I don't live there anymore. Bringing up our past is, is something that, that, that is not as important as our future. And that future is whether or not we're going to meet God saved or unsaved. If we are saved, it depends strictly upon what we have done with Jesus Christ after we have been saved. Have we been like the servant who took and wrapped his, his, his talent in a napkin 
and buried it in the ground? Are we the one that did absolutely nothing for the cause of Christ after we were saved? Or are we one of them that Paul said it that he could say, I've fought a good fight, I've kept the faith? Are we one that whenever we stand at the judgment, we'll hear the words, well done. This morning I want to begin with an address to the lost, most of all and most importantly. In Matthew 24, verse number 35. Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of the day, that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. That day and the hour is the day that we will stand before God. Whether it be through Christ coming back or whether it be through the door of death. That day and the hour knows no man. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew it not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour. Your Lord doth come. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning. God, we love you and we're, we're thankful that you're a, a merciful God and a gracious God. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us that, that we could be reminded that you're also a just God. That we're given opportunities here on this earth, God, to help the lost see that they're given an opportunity even this morning to believe in you as their Savior, to trust in you. God, to have faith in Jesus Christ to the saving of their soul. And I pray that they could... God, that they could be saved before it be everlasting too late. Lord, help us to save to see that, that we only have so much time in this world to be about your work. God, I pray that you would help us so we could live according to your will each and every day in our life. Lord, be with each of those that ask interest in our prayers. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. If you're here and unsaved this morning, I'm sure you've heard it over and over and over again. Believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. This morning I asked the, the Sunday school class back there, and I had a bunch of the younger people, and I asked them, how do you get saved? And you know there wasn't a single one that couldn't answer that question? There wasn't a single kid in there that could not answer the question, how do you be saved? And yet so many times we see people that get on up in years, we see people that, that struggle and then fight it, and it's hard to be saved. And the truth is it's the easiest, hardest thing you'll ever do. That is the 100% truth. It is the easiest, hardest thing you will ever do. How to be saved is easy. Doing it in your heart is a little bit different. The Bible says believe on Jesus. The Bible says call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says whosoever believeth in Him. And that is it. That is how to be saved. But the thing about it is, is, is we can put off being saved to tomorrow. Anybody make a New Year's resolution to lose weight? For the last 10 years running? We all do it. Anybody ever make a New Year's resolution to learn an instrument? You have no idea how many times I began to learn how to play the piano. You know, I can play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. That's it. That's as far as I go. And I tried and tried and tried to tell myself, oh, I, I'll get it. But, but I don't have to learn it right now. I can get it next year. I can try again later. I, I don't have time right now. Last summer, I bought a boat. A little short aluminum river boat. I took it out two or three times fishing Pulled it back to my yard and I said, oh, I don't have to drain the gas out of it. I, I'm going to go fishing right here shortly. 
I didn't touch it for six months. Carburetors got stopped up, gummed up, gunked up. I said, oh, I got time to do it. I got, I got time to take care of it. I got time to clean it. I got time to work on it. I didn't. The biggest lie you'll ever tell yourself is that you have time to get saved. You don't. As saved people, the biggest lie we'll ever tell ourselves is I'll have time to get my life straight later. We won't. We're not promised that. Of that day and hour knows no man. That is not only true for the, the coming of Jesus, that is true for the coming of death. That is true for the coming of our last opportunity to serve God. And if our last opportunity to serve God was yesterday, how many people did we tell about Jesus? I know when Brother Ed's up here teaching Sunday school, I, I bring a lot of things in from that Sunday school class. Well, this morning I was back there with the kids. I got to bring a lot in from that Sunday school class. We, we had interesting discussions this morning. I asked them what the, what the goal was of the Bible. We're talking about the armor of God and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. And the reason you have your feet shod is so that everywhere you go, you're sharing the gospel. And that makes us all preachers. Not just those that, that wear a coat and a tie. Not just those that stand in the pulpit. Not just those that are deacons. Not just those that are officers in the church. Not just those that, that like to think of themselves as high and mighty. In fact, it's, it's oftentimes the opposite. It's those that, that don't wear a coat. It's those that don't stand in the pulpit that oftentimes have the largest impact on, the, on people. It is everybody's job to preach. Because Jesus gave that commission to his people. James was writing in James 1 and 1. He said to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, he called them brother. Regardless of, of race and color and where they come from and how they look like and how they talk or how many tattoos they got or how many, what kind of clothes they wear. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save sinners. And who, who is that? That is everybody. That is, that is all of us. Nobody, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that none are righteous, no, not one. And so that everybody needs Jesus. And so if you're trying to convince yourself that, that somehow you're going to make it all right, you're not. Somehow you're, you're going to be okay, you're not. If you're, if you're not saved, you're not going to be okay. You're not currently all right. It is not all good. And until you get saved, it's not going to be. The days of Noah, the, the, Noah preached for a hundred years. There's a flood coming. These people had never saw rain. And he said, a flood is coming. You reckon he got called crazy? Noah preached for a hundred years that something was going to happen that has never happened before. People today are preaching that Jesus is coming. People are preaching that death is going to catch you. That's things that's never happened before. Nobody in here has ever been taken by death. Something is coming. To, it's going to happen to you that's never happened before. None of us has ever seen Jesus come back. But it's coming. It's never happened before. And all too many times, it's, it's, oh, it's, it won't be today. It won't be tomorrow. I have time. There are small graves out there in the cemetery. There are graves of headstones out there that, that have very short distances between the first and the second number. Paul preached to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ and that was bunches and bunches of years ago. 
How much closer is that day now? And yet we still walk around like we're unprepared. Like it could happen today or it could not happen today. Lost people still wander around. Well, I got time to be saved. I got time to be saved. The time is now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And that, that's just it. Today is the day of salvation. Flip over if you would. We're going to turn to several different places right here in the Gospels. Luke in chapter 19. The book of Luke in chapter 19. I don't know when the last chance for you to get saved will be. You don't know when the last chance for you to get saved will be. And I can't make very many guarantees in life, but I can guarantee you this. There will be a last chance. There will be a last time. There will be a last opportunity for you to be saved. Last Sunday night, Brother Destin Pittman preached on Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man had a last opportunity to get saved, and guess what? He said no. He said next time. He said later. Whatever the excuse may be, the Bible says that he lifted his eyes. And that very second that he lifted his eyes in hell, guess what? He believed with all of his heart. And to this day, he believes with all of his heart. But it don't matter. It's too late. The game was over. It didn't matter what he was left with in his hand. It didn't matter how close he was to winning. The game was over. And he was lost. He was still without Jesus. Luke in chapter 23, we read of another man who had his last chance. We'll come back to Luke 19 in just a second. Let's go to Luke 23. We read of a man who was down to his last chance because he was hanging on the cross next to Jesus. Verse number 39, one of the male factors that were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. Now this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. This man was never going to have an opportunity for the rest of his life to be saved. He was done. He was bleeding from all over. He was hanging on a, a, a tree essentially. And he was about to die. He only had so many hours to die, and if he didn't, they was going to come by and break his leg so he would die faster. He was done. And he recognized that. I hope you don't have to get to the point of death, and there's a lot of people that's been saved on their deathbed. But there's a lot of people that never made it to a deathbed. There's a lot of folks that's called away to eternity without getting to a point of, of laying down and, and reminiscing about life and remembering choices and, and having a second chance to be saved. That deathbed confession is, is no guarantee. Jesus said, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Flip back to Luke in chapter 19. We read of another man who came to the point that this was probably his last chance to see Christ. Jesus was passing through Jericho for the last time. 
He wasn't going to come this way again. He was going to be crucified. He wasn't going to pass through Jericho again. He passed through Jericho and there was a man named Zacchaeus in Luke 19 too, which was a chief among publicans and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press because he was a little statue. And we know the story. He ran to the sycamore tree and Jesus said, make haste and come down. This was the last opportunity this man had to see Jesus and things were getting in his way. This morning, what is hindering you from being saved? What is getting in your way? This man was short. He didn't let that stop him. He didn't let doubt. He didn't let fear. He didn't let what is everybody else going to think of me. He didn't let anything come between him and Jesus. And you know what else? God had prepared a way for him to to see Christ. Anybody know how long it takes for a sycamore tree to grow? Me either. The sycamore trees that they have in the Middle East are not quite like the sycamore trees they have here. Anybody ever remember seeing the Lion King? The tree that Rafiki grew up in? Big tree with the little bitty branches? That looks an awful lot like the sycamore trees they had back then. Sycamore trees were not native to Israel. They were native to Egypt. Which means at some point that tree had to be, that seed had to be transplanted. There aren't sycamore trees in Israel. There are now. There weren't then. At some point, God had to prepare that seed right where Zacchaeus would would find it there in Jericho. Right where Zacchaeus needed it. And he did. Dozens, maybe even hundreds of years before Zacchaeus needed it, God prepared it. God prepared a way for you to be saved thousands of years before you needed it. God prepared a way for you to see Jesus years before you needed it. And He's giving you an opportunity this morning. He gave Zacchaeus an opportunity and he didn't let anything stand in his way. He said he climbed up in a tree. This man was boss. He walked around and I don't know exactly how he walked, but I bet you he walked around head held high, chest poked out. Probably didn't ever have dust on his shoes. I mean, I'm just thinking here. He said that he was rich. He was a chief among the publicans. He was looked up to. He was revered among the rich people, despised by the poor. But he was a man of of authority. And yet he climbed a tree to see Christ. He didn't let things get in his way of salvation. This morning, whatever it is that's getting in your way of, of getting saved, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. If you're embarrassed, it's not worth it to die and go to hell. If you're confused, it's not worth it to die and go to hell. Get help. Ask for help. If you don't know, eternity in hell is a long time to maybe be saved. If you're confused, if you don't know how people will think about you, I'll tell you how people will think about you. People in this church will rejoice for you. Heaven will rejoice with you. And you will never be the same. And the thing about it is, is today may be your last opportunity. Jesus wouldn't go through Jericho again. This this was it. He was done. Zacchaeus wasn't going to have an opportunity to see Jesus again. This was it. He was done. This morning, you may not have an opportunity to see Jesus again. The Bible says that two are laying in the bed. One is taken and the other is left. Two grind into me or one is taken and the other is left. It's gone. Like that. Whether through death or through Christ's coming. 
It's over. Just like that. Flip over if you would to Acts in chapter 24. The book of Acts in chapter number 24. We read of a man here that had an opportunity to trust in Jesus Christ. And I don't have Bible for anything beyond this. But if there, was, if there wasn't a convenient season for this man, and we know that he didn't talk to Paul again, then this man's burning in hell right now and he believes in God with all of his heart. He believes in Jesus with all of his heart today. But it's too late. Chapter number 24, verse number 25 of the book of Acts. As he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, talking about Paul, and judgment to come. Paul preached righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Everybody knows how a courtroom works. A man comes in there can, uh, accused of a crime. They hear his case. Ultimately, the judge makes the decision. In heaven, there'll be no jury. There'll be no false confessions. There'll be no slick lawyers to get you off. But Terry sings a song, and my brother sang it last week at Bible Baptist for their fifth Sunday singing. Mercy walked in. That's the only thing that can get you off. That's the only thing that can get you out of that courtroom. And that is saved through Jesus Christ. Mercy walked in and pleaded my case. Called to the stand was God's saving grace. The blood was presented. And that's it. That's all that can save you. The blood of Jesus Christ. Here Felix was, was preached to about judgment to come. Righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. One day there will come a judgment day and you will stand before God. And you will recall every opportunity you had to be saved down to the last opportunity you had. You'll remember today. Well, you had an opportunity to be saved. And if you leave here unsaved this morning, you'll cry because you didn't believe in God today. You'll weep because you didn't believe in Jesus today. You're given an opportunity in the here and now. Felix trembled. You don't see very many people trembling today. When God convicted me of my sin, it hit me. Like a ton of bricks. Hell is a real place. Judgment of God is a real thing. But so is faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a more convenient season, excuse me, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. According to my Bible, he never called for Paul again. He said, he said, go your way. He, I can't deal with this right now. And he never did. And if he didn't before he died, he's burning in the devil's hell right now. Amen. The devil was not prepared for, excuse me, hell was not prepared for people. Hell was designed, created, built for the devil and his angels, those that rebelled against God. Not for us. Not for people on earth. And yet every person does not believe in Jesus Christ is going that direction. Every person. If you're unsaved this morning, you're going in that direction. You're going. And the only thing that can slow you down, the only thing that can stop you, the only thing that can put you going in the opposite direction is the blood of Jesus Christ.
And all you have to do is believe in Him. And you'll be washed under that blood. You'll be cleansed. You'll be sanctified. For without the blood, there is no remission of sin. And by the blood of Jesus Christ, our sins are washed away. But you've got to believe in Him. You have to trust in Him. Flip over to the book of John in chapter 3. book of John in chapter 3. Excuse me. 4. We're going to skip over Nicodemus this morning and we're going to go to the woman at the well. The Bible says that Jesus must need go through Samaria in verse number 4 of chapter 4. This was the trip he was making and he said he said i've got to go this way this morning jesus is passing by jesus is in the building you are you have an opportunity to be saved if you feel holy spirit tugging on your heart and you're convicted of your sin you may not have that same opportunity tomorrow you may be called out of this world before then old young smart dumb and different Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says in verse 4, he must needs go through Samaria. Verse 6, Now Jacob's well being there, Jesus therefore being set, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was the sixth hour. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Verse 10, If Jesus said, If thou knowest, the gift of God. And who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. This woman had questions. She said, and she said How is a Jew going to ask me a Samaritan? She said, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. How, how are you going to get water? He said, how are you greater than our father Jacob whose well this is? She asked questions. Jesus answered those questions. He said, Who, uh, verse 13, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give unto him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This morning in Sunday school, I asked the question, if you were going to battle, what do you bring with you? I was talking about the sword of the Spirit. I got two answers that were interesting. When I think about going to battle, I want to bring a, a shield, shield of faith. I want to bring some kind of armor keep me from being, you know, hit. One of the kids said food and water. Absolutely. You can't fight when you're famished. Jesus said He is the living water. Jesus said He is the bread of life. Jesus is the living word and the living word is the sword. It is the offense that we go into this world with. The shield of faith is the defense that we have to withstand against the the wiles of the devil. To stand in the evil day, as the Bible says. The armor that we, we that we put on, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, our loins girt about with truth, that is all defensive. 
But the one offensive weapon we have is the Word of God. If you're here and unsaved this morning, all you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ and, and He'll save you. Amen. That's it. The Bible says, above all, the helmet of salvation. You can't have anything else until you have that helmet of salvation. And from that point on, He turns to those that are already saved. Those of us who already have on that helmet of salvation. And we are to be <laughs> offense in this world. We are to be on the offense. We are... Anybody ever play sports? You have an offense and a defense, right? Can you score if your team was always on defense? I had a basketball team I played far and fine. We were pretty good the last couple of years. Freshman, sophomore year, it wasn't pretty. We spent so much time on defense. Our football team was the same way. It was three and out on offense every time. And they spent all their time on defense. Guess what? They never scored. You can't score if you spend all your time on defense. It's not going to happen. That goes for football, soccer, uh, baseball, basketball, whatever it is. In baseball, if you can't ever get three outs, you'll be on defense forever. And you'll never score on defense. We have to go on offense. The Bible says that we are commissioned to go into the world. We're to spread the gospel to the world using the sword. Using the only offensive weapon that God gave us. We're to go into the world and spread the gospel. We're to tell other people about Jesus. We are to show other people about Jesus. We are to be the love that God has instilled within us. We are to exemplify that every day. People should see that we're Christians by the life that we live. One day we're going to get a last opportunity to share Christ with somebody. One day we're going to get a last chance to tell somebody about Jesus. What if that was yesterday? What if Jesus came back five minutes ago like the song says? Are we satisfied with the gospel, with the testimony that we have from living for God yesterday? Are we satisfied with the good that we did in this world yesterday? Are we satisfied with the amount of offense that we played yesterday? Challenge each and every one of us here this morning. If you're here and saved, go on offense this week. Miss Tommy put in the bulletin, invite somebody to church. Tell someone about Jesus. Tell somebody you love Show them that you love them. Amen. Witness to them. Share your testimony. Well, we'll have a verse for song. Someone would have something on your heart, we'll give you this opportunity. Always remember that there will be a last chance. There will be a last day. There will be a last opportunity that you have to share Jesus. And that could very well be today. Why well, I was staying the same. I should stay